At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Steve Grasso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, shipping stocks shudder after a major warning about Amazon. It could pose a logistical nightmare for the likes of UPS and FedEx. We've got the details. Plus, big box soaring as Walmart is set to kick off retail earnings next week. Is there an even bigger breakout ahead? And later, game on after getting killed the last couple of months. One of the traders says one video game stock is about to get a new life. He will tell us what that is. But we start off with the market soaring on hopes of a trade deal. And no, your ears are not deceiving you. Because it does seem like everything is awesome again. The Dow is up 444 points today, is now just 4% off its October high. So as trade talks are set to resume next week in Washington, is it rally on from here? What should you be buying? Guy Adam. What a miserable song to leave. But it's a long weekend. <laughs> it's a Friday. So I'm going to be energetic, right? And I'm going to be positive. Nah. Tegan and real. Sarah. I mean, what do we do without them? Is that real people or is it machine generated? They're Legos. It doesn't matter. All right, so, you know, BK's going to speak about this, so I don't want to steal his thunder. But, yeah, okay, trade talks, I get it. I think a lot of this, 75% of the rally today, was based on the fact that all of a sudden central banks, which were hawkish six weeks ago, have all globally now turned as dovish as possible. Spigot's back on. And, you know, if I follow the Northman trader on Twitter. You should as well. But he said it today. Actually, Thanks. if you think about it, Sven... The bear case has been proven because in October, November, when this market didn't have a safety net, when the Walendas were up there on their tightrope without the net underneath, oh. then you saw some of the some of the some of the some of the things that could go wrong and manifesting in the stock price. Now things are going wrong in terms of slowing economies, earnings revisions to the downside, but nobody seems to care because guess what? Central banks are dovish and they're going to be able to be the safety net for the market again. Who do you think got the Walendas? The percentage of the people in the three percent? I still I haven't got gotten. It. I don't I even know what you we're talking. Caught them? I thought you said caught them. Nobody did. As it turned out. I got it. I got yeah, it. I had no Tiger net. walkers. Yeah. yeah. Global synchronized dovishness. Yeah, I think that's the case. I mean, but the, what concerns me, though, I have been probably <laughs> uncharacteristically bullish during this. Crazy Today, bullish. Well, weirdly I mean, yeah, crazy so. bullish. No, but like weirdly, weirdly so. Weirdly, weirdly so, weirdly and it was bullish. uncomfortable for me. Uh-huh. But the euphoria today started to concern me. Because look at what we had. We've had every central bank, as Guy mentioned, do a U-turn here and say we're going to be uh, dovish. And the European central bank even suggested they might start buying back debt again. Maybe the, the Fed's not even going to raise rates this year. We've had the shutdown. We've gotten through that. Now, all of a sudden, maybe we're getting somewhere near uh, on a China deal. And what concerns me is what happens if we don't get a China deal? I think you could get a major sell-off on that. Everything else is priced in. So to me, I'm starting to take some profits. I think the odds are stacked on the favor of the bears at this point. Doesn't mean we're going to, you know, all-time lows, but we're 18% off the bottom. That's a pretty good run, up 11% for the year. That's a good year in and of itself. You could close the books and you'd be all right. I feel like there's a big buffer, though, when it comes to what exactly is a deal. I feel like trade, if, as long as tariffs don't escalate from here, 
that's as good as the markets expect. I mean, do you? I mean, right. I don't know if anybody really expects forced technology transfer, things no. like that, to be solved in any way, shape, or form it's, with a handshake. I don't think that's, a, I yeah, think exactly. That's going to be an issue for the next decade. And how about the Trump put? I mean, let's be clear. We all recognize that this is uh, part of the dynamic that Trump certainly keeps a scorecard here. So um, I, I think you have uh, two things. First of all, yes. Global central banks, et cetera, et cetera. And remember, um, fighting the Fed has always been a, a recipe for disaster. I think the other side of this is people have realized, while we don't have incredible growth, we don't have global synchronized this and that, the world's not falling apart. Uh, and in fact, if you look at Europe today, actually, it really outperformed you. European banks, if you follow that ETF, EUFN, uh, that's up about almost 3% in the last, you know, almost just one session, a little bit more than that. So the, the dynamic that the rest of the world, not so good, but not awful, um, I think is really more what this is. And, and right, the pain trade is higher. So, so I, I think that it's going to be the, the ultimate sell the news event. I, be, I agree with BK. I think Guy was there as well. I think that we're toppy. We've been toppy for quite some time. Technically challenged. But think about it. It's all in the market already. How can it not be? 75% at minimum. Right. So uh, industrials ran everything associated with the trade war ran. What didn't run is, is what I think you should buy defensive. Well, you know, I'll be clear also, you know, twenty eight hundred on the chart is another place where you can say, you know, what, it just needed to go here. So it gets through right. twenty eight hundred. Then it may be a lot harder for people to say, you know, this is really the point, because you, you can look at that chart. And that's actually the level. The last three times we've twenty eight is exactly where we failed when we thought we had a trade deal done the last time. Right. That's and, where we failed from in the S&P. And cash. check out the the uh, the Russell 2000, the small caps. They haven't actually broken through their 200-day moving average. They're bumping up against that. Every other indice does appear to do that. And remember, it was in August of 18 that the small caps peaked ahead of all the rest of the market. So going forward, you want to watch the semis. I would argue they're more important for the global economy than even the transportation sector. You want to watch Russell 2000. And there's nothing wrong. If you don't believe, if you don't, if you're not in the, you don't have to be in the bear camp. VIX is low. Buy some puts. Protect your portfolio. There's a show coming on right after this. They'll tell you how to do those. Isn't it concerning that we've had record outflows out of equity markets? Isn't it concerning that we've had record? Isn't it not surprising that we've had record outflows out of equities? Really? For the last month? For the last month, while the market is on track, we've, we've had 11 straight weeks of outflows, $83 billion coming out of the market, while the market is just roared higher. Who's, who's buying the market? Who is it? Index well, players? So, I mean, it could, be, it could be short covering. It could be people trying to get ahead of the central banks. It could be all of that. But to your point, where's the support underneath it? That's what concerns me. At some point, there's not a lot of gas out there, and it doesn't take much for this to stall. So I just think you have to be careful. The flip side, though, is that the markets have come to these levels with these outflows happening. Right. And so, right. And so there is money on the sidelines, theoretically, the money, that's a fair point. that could go in. And so that could be that could and, be the floor underneath this market rally. And, and, and look at semis. I mean, semis have outperformed the market, which we've spent a lot of time talking about how great that's been, by almost 650 basis points since that Christmas Eve low. We want to see the semis respond. We do have some expectation that some of this in terms of the China trade war was overdone. And, and maybe some of this is certainly first quarter restocking and a look to third quarter, which is going to be a lot worse. That tends to be what happens here. But I, I just think there are companies out there that are at all-time highs, that are great companies, that certainly should have exposure both to the global economy and to the consumer, and, and they are not telling you that things are awful. 
I just think we got to a place where expectations uh, or sentiment was so overdone. The Fed looked like they were on a crash course for pushing us into the abyss. Mm -hmm. And as much as Guy doesn't like it, and he's right, because central banks started this whole problem probably all the way back in long-term capital, that's another TV show for us to do at some point. But the bottom line is, like it or not, you know, this is what we have here. It's it's not a terrible problem. The only problem with right that now. is that if if the Fed doesn't pause, if the Fed so right oh, now right now right now I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. That's the, that's the most important thing in the markets right now is when Powell pivoted and Powell paused, and now we get easy money globally. But if for some reason, mm-hmm. some reason he doesn't pause, or he doesn't, they're factoring in a rate cut before right. in the next rate hike. If that changes gears, then the market will readjust quickly. But the economy yeah. will have changed gears, and the global conditions will have changed gears. So I, I, I agree with you, Steve. If they suddenly wake up one day and say we're taking $50 billion, um, off the balance sheet every month without fail, um, the dynamic here is that if the economy is strong enough to bring the Fed back into play, I think that's something that we want. So what do, we, what do we do here with this rally? We've got industrials leading the way. Yeah, and that's a, I think that's the question. So what do you do? So, again, in the backdrop of being wrong in terms of the broader market, which I think admittedly to a certain extent we all admit to, we have said that certain trades work, and they have been working. I mean, energy has now been working for the last six weeks, and it seems to continue to work. Decent dates say at some of these big cap integrated names, and healthcare continues to be an outperformer. Go no further than Eli Lilly, which seems to make an all-time high on every single day. So, again, although specifically myself, broader market wrong, absolutely, we have been right in some of the sectors. I think those sectors continue to work. What do you do as the bull who is now... A little worried. So I take I take some of the semiconductor exposure off the table. I take some of the industrial exposure off the table because I am concerned that you get to sell the news in that. If you want to be long something, I love I love oil here. I mean the way that oil is trading and the dynamics going on in the global oil market. Anything energy, I think you're okay to buy in this environment because it may actually buck the trend. That's another thing to be concerned about. What if we get $75 oil again? Right. This was a tax cut when it was down at fifty dollars or forty dollars. What happens at seventy five dollars? That's another headwind for the consumer. So if you want to hedge your portfolio, be long oil. Well, and, and if you look at Brent, which I do, or you can look at crew, I don't care what you do, but it, it's breaking out. And, and therefore, the energy space, which I'll repeat, still record high short interest, looks very interesting. Uh, in terms of the earnings growth, I think the expectations are that also some of that is overdone to the downside. Emerging markets actually underperformed today. Pretty interesting. They were down on the day, and sometimes you see a little bit of a lag effect. But they were the ones that were leading some of the market back. So on a day, the rest of the world is rallying on China. Um, China was actually down. Emerging was down. And Europe was significantly higher. I think this rest of the world trade still works. Bottom line, we were overdone. You go safety. I said it before, utilities, staples, healthcare, to Guy's point. I think you go for things that haven't run or haven't exhausted themselves. I think the other stuff has exhausted itself into the trade war. I think they can still go a little bit higher for the next couple of weeks, but I think you go safety at this point. Real quick, NVIDIA just pointed out, because we talked about it a lot last night, obviously made a big deal out of earnings about their guidance going forward, about their perceived visibility going forward. That stock did not trade particularly well today. It's open on the highs, spent the rest of the day trading lower on significant volume. Again, if the tape is going to turn, that's probably ground zero. Just keep that in mind next week as it's you watch. It's also interesting that, that we're doing this in the market without Dan's MAGA. So, I mean, if you think about it, everybody What's said... What's that again? I, I don't know. I forget. But uh, there's some <laughs> really important companies, uh, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Facebook. Alphabet. It's not no, no, no. There's MAGA. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think we all could say that without the leadership of big cap, mega cap tech, which certainly makes up the lion's share of the weighting of the S&P and certainly of the triple Qs, 
kind of moving sideways is very impressive. So outside of that, you had to have had significant breadth. In fact, you've had V plus on these charts from everything else. If only we had a hat that could yeah, remind us. It's a shame us. that oh, I threw that, that hat out. Yeah, which they really are. really useful. Yeah. Yeah, threw that out. Mm. All right. <laughs> Check out shares of Mattel falling off a cliff today as the company issued weak guidance. This coming just a few days after the stock saw its best one-day gain in 40 years. We'll tell you how to trade it coming up. Plus, shipping stocks shuddering today after a major warning from Amazon paints a grim picture for the space. We've got the details. And later, this Dow stock has soared back to its high, but one of the traders says it may have run too far too fast. He will break it down. We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Welcome back to Fast Money. Shares of XPO Logistics crashing after reporting weaker than expected earnings and issuing a dire warning about losing one of its largest business customers. Industry analysts believe that customer is likely Amazon. This logistical nightmare comes after FedEx warned of an economic slowdown in early December. These stocks have sunk over the last six months. XPO shares down 48 percent. FedEx down 26 percent. UPS, which has rallied sharply off the lows, is still down almost 10 percent. So are these stocks too fragile to touch here, Steve. So if you think that the market is coming in, if you think that global growth is coming in, then they're too fragile. If you think that Amazon is stealing their lunch, I think that's a misconception. XPO, yes. Uh, UPS to a greater extent than FedEx. But I would say that if you want to go in one versus all the others, it would be FedEx to me, less reliant on Amazon. But the overall take is that global growth stinks, and so therefore you don't want yeah. to be in any of them? Yeah, or? but I think there's, be- if, if there's better ways probably to pay, play global growth other than these because you have that Amazon effect. Sounds like we're talking about Amazon's impacting everybody. But in this particular we case, we know that Amazon has their own fleet now. They're starting to take over their own shipping. So there's a little bit of an idios- idiosyncratic risk in buying these. If you want to play global growth, you know, you can buy something like Cat Tractor, which is a big company, or a Boeing or something like that. You know, real quick, FedEx made an all-time high in two, beginning of 2018. We're in February now of 2019. The stock was a $275 stock. And again, sideways to lower ever since. Yes, we have bounced since December from 162 to wherever we are now, buck 79 or so. But, you know, valuation is compelling. It's been compelling. It's telling a story. Again, you know, the market's going up. That's fine. But when you look under the hood, as they say, I was a mechanic at one point. You remember mm. that. I mean, you put oh, the hood you, up yes. and you sort of Dude, the IROC Z yeah. wasn't that complicated. That good. Need, my car might be running there. OK, but, you know, you know, it's just a matter of time before you blow a Gasket. Mm. Okay, well, you know, guys I rock with louvers, curb feelers, tinted windows, and sheepskins. Um, Bottom line is, actually, I own FedEx, and I think it's ridiculously cheap. This is trough valuation. I've said that before. And so different than Steve, I would take the opposite. If Steve said, look, if you think this is global cyclical, it's kind of a problem. If you think it's Amazon, I wouldn't be too worried. I actually think that the reason, you know, guys pointed out this weakness in FedEx, I think some of it has to be somewhat, um, hey, are these guys, are their best days over because that last mile logistics um, which XTO, by the way, is famous for, that's what they do, is, is under some pressure. So um, I'm less worried about global cyclical with FedEx because, frankly, their numbers have been fine, albeit with a warning. Are you more so, worried about Amazon, though? Yeah. 
So even, even though Amazon is not, a, I, I, I could see it with UPS, but I couldn't see it with FedEx. FedEx is maybe 5%, 3 to 5% of the revenues derived from Amazon, whereas UPS is 10%. Well, I, I tell you what, I, what these guys have indicated is they're not worried at all. And certainly Amazon's news on buying their own, sh- their own fleets and whatnot has been out there for, for a couple of years. Uh, right. But every, the, it, the stock is reacting affect, every single time. What used to affect FedEx every year about Amazon now affects it every three months. From shippers to shoppers, the big box stocks breaking out today as Walmart gears up to report earnings Tuesday before the bell. So, how do you feel about Walmart? I think these. I think next week this is going to be likely a sell the news event. So, I mean, look at what we've had here. We had retail sales come out for December, which was horrible. We probably should have expected it because every single company in the world told you something in mid-December happened where every bit of business stopped happening. So then we had consumer confidence come out this morning, much better. So you started to say, wait a second, maybe there's a rebound. The retailers will probably rebound. The problem you have, though, you've had a rally, and I think the question is going to be, is that as good as it gets? So if you're in them and you get a rally on the earnings, nothing wrong with taking some profit. I'll tell you what, Home Depot looks to me very interesting on that chart, right? You busted through the 200-day. This is a stock that I think was pushed down on housing concerns, on interest rate worries, and all they continue to do is execute and be best in class in their market share. Walmart, to me, I've said this many times, I think uh, Big Box has got a lot of pressure in terms of way too much competition. Walmart has to compete on price. Uh, their, their cost inputs are getting higher and higher on labor, and there's just too much floor space out there. And, and then there's Amazon. So Walmart, I, I stay away from all those guys. Valuation is getting a little rich in Walmart. I mean, if you go back and look, again, here's a stock that made an all-time high around the same time that FedEx did, whether coincidence or not. It's obviously bounced over the last couple weeks, but you have to ask yourself, in this environment, are you paying almost 22 times next year's number for a name like Walmart, which has the pressures that Tim cited? I don't know if that's the best trade out there. I mean, in terms of those pressures, what we've heard from so many retailers that are trying to compete against the likes of Walmart is that they have to spend, that their margins are being... Right. flattened, right, because and, of the competition. And, and let's, and let's not guidance. forget the wage pressures, right? right. I wage mean, minimum wages too. going up, the, the wage pressures out there, there's potentially some commodity input pressures, inflation going on. So on a low-margin business like Walmart, that's a real killer. And Walmart already lowered guidance, uh, re- referenced its Flipkart deal. But when you look at what a name that hasn't come up is Target. Target's been getting a pass. Target's up over 10% year-to-date. I think if you have to be here, maybe Target. All right. For more on what to expect from Walmart, heading to head over to tradingnation.cnbc.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC First and Business Worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on Fast. Poor Barbie. You got that right, because shares of Mattel are cratering. But should you catch the falling Barbie? Plus, it's been game over for a number of big video game stocks. But there's one name in the group that could be about to get a one-up. We'll tell you what that is. More Fast Money still ahead. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production. And they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 
Welcome back to Fast Money. Time for a major buzzkill. Mattel having its worst day in two decades after the company posted weaker than expected guidance. Shares of the toy maker plunging as much as 20 percent. And this comes after an epic rally for the Barbie Dreamhouse one Barbie week dream. ago, just one week ago. <laughs> stock had its best day since 1976. Even with today's decline, the stock is up around 40 percent year to date. Tim. This is in your portfolio. It, it is. Um, by the way, the worst thing about the Barbie Dream House was setting that thing up. But uh, we'll get that's <laughs> you another. You had your own Barbie Dream that's House. That's another show. And and the bizarre what thing about have? this is, <laughs> yes, of course I have my own Barbie Dream House. Why wouldn't I? Doesn't everybody? But the, what I talked about two days ago, or so it seems, just like two days ago, that Barbie was up 15 percent, 17 percent XFX in the fourth quarter. So how do you explain this output? If anything, Hot Wheels and Barbie were the sweet spot of that quarter, and then they come out today and give you that news. In terms of where the stock is, you're actually still 11% above where you were when they announced those earnings. So if you want a Pyrrhic victory, that's it. But this is very, very disappointing for a company that continues to give you one step forward, two steps back. Uh, okay, so gives me they, that. They had an investor day today, which is where they gave this guidance. Right. What I don't understand is when they reported earnings, they must have known about this guidance. And exactly. why didn't you release the guidance that's right. when you report On earnings? February 8th, when they reported fourth quarter guidance, when the stock was, I think, closed around 12 and a half or so, why wouldn't they say, I mean, what changed in a week? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, apparently something changed. You weren't buying those G.I. Joes with the Kung Fu grips. You remember that thing? So in my world yeah. here, not only is it flawed, but now you have to start questioning the management. The, you're in wow. my head. It's amazing. Wow. It's like you, you reside in my head. And that's been the issue with this company. I mean, we've had management changes. We've had, we've had a restart. We've had a refresh over and over again. So, so why do you it, you, it used to be, it used because to be. I think there's, in, there's incredible brand value. I think these guys are starting to do some licensing deals with some movies coming out that'll be kickstarting. They have a digital strategy that's been the key to most of these toy companies is getting online, getting digital, becoming part of the video gaming world. I don't know how Barbie gets into a video game, but I'll be there. But, but I wonder if, if Hasbro, if Mattel, to everyone's point, Mattel was the shining star. It was the one that navigated the Toys R Us better than Hasbro. It had a lot of levers to pull. So when you start to look at the tailwinds, there's much more tailwinds to Mattel, even with this latest sell-off. But I wonder if you can play the Hasbro buy off of this, because that took it on the chin when Mattel was rallying. Maybe this one is in inverse relationship. I think longer term, you look for those levels where it rallied from, you use that as your stop on Mattel. Yeah, you, you can play the Hasbro <laughs> off of this. BK's not going to do that. I, I just think they're all challenged at this point in time. I mean, you, what do kids play now? They play video games. They're not playing necessarily with Barbie. They're not playing with Hot Wheels. As cool as I used to think they are, and as cool as Tim still thinks they are, they're just not playing with them. So I think you stay away. Well, specifically, he plays with his Barbie dream house. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. But, I mean, setting up that it's dream house was brutal. That. The elevator was particularly difficult. But, um, yeah, it's well, Amazon Amazon dream house. Why wow. wouldn't it have an Amazon Let's be clear. The Let's maid's clear. quarter in the dream house, too. <laughs> yeah. What a pain. All right. Time for the final trade. Tim Seymour. Yeah, look, I, I think if you've got a, a story about the economy right now in a place that's lagged, look at the airlines, which have been all over the place for the last six months. But Delta Airlines is best of breed. Uh, and I think this is a company that continues to have a management team that is very consistent, and I think they're lowering costs. I like Delta Airlines here. Brian Kelly. You know, speaking of tailwinds, look at the energy sector. Oil up again, both Brent, uh, WTI, XLE. I think that's another way that you can play it.
Stephen Grasso. Industrials, they're up 16% basically year-to-date. Utilities are up 5% year-to-date. I think that is going to reverse. I think when the deal gets done, you're going to see that unwind. Might have a little bit more into it, but I think utilities, safety trade. Do you have a jacket guy? Because you're going to need I'm coming jacket. up on EOA. And, and, you're going to need your jacket. I am brilliant is right. Twitter took their medicine a couple weeks ago when they're going to stop doing this whole MAU thing. Good for Twitter. I think it goes higher, Melms. All right. Have a great weekend. See you back here on Tuesday. Options action starts right after this. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.